Welcome to After Hours, conversations for music educators, presented by Amro Music. This is where we share ideas and work towards solutions to better serve your students. This week, Nick Averwater and his three guests will be talking about how to kickstart beginner recruiting efforts for the fall. This conversation was recorded February 9th, 2021. Let's meet our panelists today. So all three of you have been on. Welcome back to After Hours. How is everybody? Spectacular. Great. Thanks for having us on. (laughs) Great. So we'll go ahead and get started. If you don't mind, we'll just do a quick introduction. Who are you? Where are you? What do you teach? And then what are you most looking forward to when we have life after COVID again? Tyler, welcome. We'll start with you, my friend. Hello, my name is Tyler Swick. I'm an elementary music educator in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I'm a recent Heart of Education Award winner and Yamaha 40 Under 40 music educator. And I can't tell you, I I think I'm going to cry the happiest tears ever when I hear a real xylophone being played or a real child voice being sung out loud into the air. I think it's going to change my whole attitude so uh, as soon as I hear some live music in my classroom, I think I'll just be jumping for joy. <laughs> That's great. Well, welcome back, Tyler. Marcia, good evening. How are you today? I'm doing well, Nick. Good to see you again. You I'm Marcia Neal. I live in Las Vegas. I am a former choral director, music educator, supervisor, uh, kind of a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, strip performer, as it were, on the Las Vegas strip, that is. Uh, <laughs> used, to, used to back up Paul Anka and a whole bunch of old people you guys probably don't even know. But anyway, in the old days. So uh, I'm glad to be here. It's it's great to uh, be uh, still still working in the music education industry. It's a great time. And when this is all over, I am really looking forward to going to a live concert with kids in it. Can't wait. That'll be, that'll be great. That'll be, be great. great. And Mr. Trobaugh, good to see you. Welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be back. I'm Barry Trobaugh. I'm the director of bands at Munford High School in Munford, Tennessee, which is just outside of the Memphis area. Also do a great deal of uh, school administration at our school for our district. And uh, I, just to mirror both Marsha and Tyler, I, I'm ready for uh, what I call normal, where I hear not only my students play music, but I get to to just enjoy music. I, it just seems like that we're pushed uh, aside, rightly so, but we're pushed aside right now. And I just cannot wait until we get an all clear and we can just do a, this art of music uh, maybe a hundred times more than we ever did. So that's great. Well, I think we are just on the cusp of being able to enjoy all of those yeah. things. Here is hoping. So to, to kind of set the parameter, today's conversation is on kickstarting your recruiting, and it'll be part one of a two-part series to maximize your recruiting efforts. And today we're specifically going to be talking about all the things we need to be doing before the recruiting drive, preparation, conversation, and all of the things that ensure that our efforts are maximized as much as possible and we get the best return on our time and all our efforts. So Specifically, we're going to be talking about our school counselors, our building principals, and our elementary teachers, and how we can bring them into the conversation and get them working with us in the recruiting. So, Barry, I want to start with you. I mean, you serve as an assistant principal, and the building principal plays a very important role. What are some of the key things that we can do before our recruiting drive to prepare our building principals for what's to come? 
we just need to be active in the conversations going on about the, the total school environment, um, but certainly about what we're going to be all faced with uh, as the lessening of restrictions and the various things that take place. And I, I cannot overemphasize right now the fact that our leadership teams at every school across our nation is faced with some incredible and daunting challenges. Uh, not only are they having to deal with us, but they're having to deal with everything and, and maximizing student involvement, student instruction. So please, I, I just want to scream that everyone needs to be in daily conversation with their administration. Now, not in a negative way, Nick. I don't think they need to be in there just constantly asking questions, but they need to be a part of that decision-making model that is already, in most cases, I would say about half complete. The data is working in our favor right now. The latest studies are showing that we do have an ability to get kids back in school where they're not, but also to engage our students a little bit more deeply than we have been. We need to make sure that our administrative team and their busy schedule understands that we are a resource to provide them with the latest data, the latest studies, and also with practical means of how we're going to handle different challenges on our own campuses. Mine is different than Tyler's. I teach beginners as well at our middle school, but I'm sure in Tennessee that the challenges on our school are different than those that Tyler is facing. And we all either have ideas and focus ourselves, or we have people nearby us, or if not, please contact any of the panelists today and let us to help you to uncover the things that are gonna make you successful. But it is, it is not time to wait, Nick. It's not time to wait another day. We need to be um, in, in a form of a vertical, of, uh, a vertical alignment with our administrative and leadership team as a part of the fix to this problem. Don't sit back, it's, it's way past that time. We've got to be an active part in what we hope to be doing in this upcoming school year. Absolutely. Yeah, Marshall, what are your thoughts? If that's okay, I want to add one thing that's kind of a more specific item, and that is when you get the chance to meet with your principal, that you actually speak to them about locking in your schedule, because that will determine, you know, you'll start to know now about recruiting a little bit more. Um, I have heard actually from some educators that the administration at their school would like for them to do something different than what they've done in the past. So if that's the case, you would want to know that so that you're prepared. Um, you might want to teach an extra load of beginners, an extra class of beginners this coming year, because you may have missed some kids who came, you know, missed the boat this last past year. And so just be sure that you and your principal are on the same page in terms of what your schedule is going to be this coming fall. Yeah. I think that helps a lot. Well, and I think you just touched on something so important, Marcia, and that's the fact that our traditional, our current first year students who next year will be second year students, there's a large portion of them mm -hmm. that uh, did not get to participate in music either because they were digital or because the class schedule last year, you know, we had to make so many accommodations, simply couldn't leave the time that was necessary. And so, there's a huge group of students who in a normal year would never have access to a beginning music program, but we hope and plan to offer that to them because they missed it last year. So 
it could be a very dangerous assumption if we assume, well, next year will be exactly like a non-COVID year. And we could completely miss that opportunity to incorporate those students into our program. Yeah. And in fact, if you go to the principal with your, you know, handout saying that you really want, you're there to help the kids because you know it's been a tough year and you would like to do whatever is possible. You have the kids at heart in terms of your decision making. And how might you best, like in our district, you start in the sixth grade. So if those kids missed out, what's the best way to reach those students? Um, you might ask your principal, should we start a seventh grade beginning band class? Uh, and we, put, we keep them all in heterogeneously, or should we, maybe you're in a school where it doesn't matter what grade they're in, beginners can start in sixth or seventh or eighth grade, and, and in which case you just have larger numbers, um, or maybe, I, mean, I don't know what the possibilities are, so, but that's the thing. I mean, I think it's important that you have that conversation. Maybe think ahead of time your A, B, and C plan, and go with the one that uh, you like the best is your A plan, and then, you know, the worst one is or C and the B is somewhere yeah. in the middle, but um, really try and get that squared away. Cause once you do that, it's kind of like the diving board into everything else that's going to come as a result of that decision being made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like with this first conversation with our principal, sounds like really what we're trying to do is just uncover any landmines. What are the things out there that maybe decisions have been made that we don't know about or that others haven't thought through the ramifications it could have on our program and how can we go ahead and navigate that minefield early rather than waiting till later when the schedule is set in stone and, and suddenly we found ourselves constrained uh, by decisions that, that we didn't know happened or didn't get to participate in. Yeah, it's always good to be proactive. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Anticipate the worst, you know, plan for the worst and, and, and then maybe it won't be that, but at least if it is, you're set. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, certainly building principles, a huge part of this conversation, and they're really the first people that this conversation needs to start with, mm -hmm. because as you pointed out, Marcia, until the, until the schedule is set, uh, you know, the school counselors won't really be able to operate, but really the next level here is the school counselors mm -hmm. and bringing them on board, because I think they play a really important role in getting the kids enrolled, uh, but they operate within the guidelines of this, of the school principles. So what are some of the things that we can do now to align ourselves with those counselors and eliminate any surprises that they might experience later? Mm -hmm. Well, once you know what your schedule, your teaching schedule is going to be in the fall, um, as soon as you possibly can, you would want to give your, there's probably several counselors, your head counselor, run everything through that person, um, a list, if you can come up with this, of the students who should be enrolled in which class. So your first period you know, intermediate band should have these students boom, and list. Um, that way they can sort of check the kids off as they're coming in. And sometimes, as you know, scheduling singletons is the, is the only way to go to keep the program really healthy. Schedule those first and everything else around it. And of course, we're all generally singleton classes. Uh, for beginning bands, however, or orchestras or choirs, you may have several uh, periods that, that the kids could go into as they come in. Um, so as soon as you know that, that would be the best thing. The other thing would be along with that is you might have a counselor who doesn't really know um, 
you know, what is the name of your uh, treble choir or whatever you call it, that group particularly, they might not know that that's your second period choir and that group is made up of these kinds of kids. So another thing to attach with that would be the description of the course and are there prerequisites to being in that class so that kids just don't get dumped in somewhere where they're, it's not appropriate for them to be, you know, they missed out on something before they got there. So I think that's another thing, a real clear explanation that the counselor knows which students go in which class. And again, a lot of students have been moving around during COVID and, and we may not even realize that until school starts. But one of our middle schools went from 1300 students to 900 students. They lost 400 kids so far this year. And they're anticipating an enrollment of 900 students this fall, not the 1300. Where those kids went, I don't know. But the question is when you spread all those kids out, now what happens, right? And it might go the other way. So have, have a description so they know what that would be. Um, the most important thing is to be organized when you go and see your counselor. So you might want to go through these things with the counselor and then at the end, see now what else do you need to make it easy for you to get your kids in the right place, get the kids in the right place. And I hate to have to, you got, for us to do the heavy lifting. It seems we're always, the music teachers are always doing the heavy lifting, but that's part of the gig. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't learn that in college. We sure found it out pretty soon thereafter, right guys? But that's our job. So let's make it easy for them because in the end, if it's easy for them, it's way much easier for us. We just have to do the upfront work, right? So be organized and then um, be proactive. And what that means is call them back, touch base with them like, you know, every Friday. Hey, I'm just checking up. Any questions? Any questions? Kids move into our district and they, they're from somewhere else and they don't know what to do. Can I call a parent? I mean, offer to be the go-between to help drive all of this, okay? And then the last thing I always say is, you know, take them some cookies or some brownies. I always used to try to ingratiate those counselors to me. And, and at the holiday time, I'm in there with the pretty breads and all that, but you know, yeah, right. Barry's got go. some right there. That's exactly right. I mean, so you want to be the good guy in your school and, and you want to be the one that people know they can go to and, and you can help them, you know, solve problems and, and be a real team person and, and that you're a real good guy. And then it's a lot easier when they have a problem that they do you feel approach, they feel you are approachable. So those are my suggestions for working. Marcia, if I can interrupt you, I, yeah. just for a second, you, you've got me tickled here. I'm going to laugh, but Every Friday, I, I bring in just a horde of donuts, various donuts to our school. And I do it, I do it because I enjoy doing it. And, uh, but I'm just going to tell you that, that a lot of people would be surprised how much a donut pays it forward <laughs> when I ask a favor. Sure. Yeah. Exactly right. And then when that holiday comes, take your kids up to the main office and serenade them or play tunes or something. I mean, you shouldn't exist like in a hole down in some far part of the building because that's, you're the noisy ones, right? Get out into the school and be a part of what's going on, the action. Yeah. And I think you've really hit some great things there. You know, I think the course description is, is you know, that's so fundamental but probably something we can't ever take for granted because we could have a new counselor and in their defense, it maybe has been two years since they've scheduled kids for some of these courses and courses could have changed. And so just a simple course description of, you know, if they're a second year student, they go in this period. If they're a third year student, they go in this period. And that will eliminate a lot of confusion. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to Barry's point, you know, bringing them little good gifts and goodies. I think on the outside, man, does this really move the needle? But I've never been a school counselor, but I suspect it's a lot like, I don't know, um, it's one of those jobs that when everything goes right, nobody comes in and says, hey, great job. 
but boy, when everything goes wrong, the people have a lot of opinions about it. Yeah. And yeah, so the field I, goal I, kicker. Yeah, they're the field goal <laughs> kicker. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. when things go right, the field goal kicker doesn't get a lot of high fives, but buddy, when he misses, people frump over there. So that's a great analogy, Tyler. Thank you. So just saying thank you uh, before things go wrong, I know can can go a long way. So Tyler, Mr. Field Goal Kicker, let's bring you in, man. And let's talk about our elementary school teachers. Um, because man, what a vital role, what a wealth of information you all can be in the recruiting process. So what are some of the ways that middle school teachers can incorporate their elementary and their feeder programs into the recruiting process? Well, I know previous to COVID, I think a big, my overall lesson will be that we need to abandon the old. Uh, the old in, in my scenario was either they did no recruiting because music was one of the few options they had anyway. So they were going to be hoarded into one of the music ensembles and nobody had to be convinced because the options were minimal. And then later on, it was, uh, you know, the middle school came to the elementary school, they performed and the students said, I like that one. They signed up for it and things worked out. But I think it needs to be a real handshake at this point. I, I think it needs to be force fed of these are your choices you need to choose a music ensemble or Mr. Swick will find you. Uh, or and then starting the communication now with the middle school directors. Uh, for instance, in my situation, I reached out about a month ago to the middle school choir, orchestra and band director. And I said, I would love to get a 60 second, hello, welcome to my program. This is what you can expect. If you could reach out to a student of yours that's well-spoken and have them just answer questions like, why do you like this ensemble? Can we put all that stuff together and then show a video to my students online? I'm 100% online still. And just show that video. So one, they see, this is the teacher I want to work with, right? We, we read people. And a student might say, that's the person I want to be with. And then the opposite, we have the student testimonial, where the student says, you know, I love this class because I feel like I'm part of the team. And if that resonates with a student, that's, that's stronger than any words I could say to a student you know, being as a teacher. Uh, I have an example. If, uh, if you're willing to entertain a small example, this is last yeah. year's video where we decided to uh, go along with a sports theme. Welcome back. It's elective season. You know what that means. Fifth graders from all over the country are picking their elective from middle school. Let's get right to the action. Hi, I'm Colton and I go to Ellis Elementary. Go Eagles! This fall, I'm taking my talents to the Webb Middle School. Go Wranglers! And I chose choir. And a clip as short as that to, for all of his classmates to see, they go, oh, you mean my best friend just chose choir? I, oh, I got I to gotta go to do choir now. And just to have it be, and this is, I'll be, uh, Marsha approached me with this idea of what if we treated these students like we treat football players? And I went, stop talking. I got this. Like, that's all I need to hear. If you treat the students like football players. And about four days later, three days later, we have this video of multiple students saying, I'm going to this middle school. The middle school was so kind. They uh, gave us previous year's field trip shirts. So these students that were going to school had Dell uh, Webb gear. They got lanyards and a hat. And then they felt special because they thought, we already have a relationship going now. And then they created some uh, a call to action for their classmates of, whoa, they already have Dell Webb gear. I got to go get my Dell Webb gear. Uh, and it just, it kind of exploded this energy of 
you know, students would want to be in these music ensembles. So we're trying to recreate magic this year with the same energy of, can we get students, and now that they've seen this video, can we get the dramatic part even higher? <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah. and, and so there's a couple of things that I wanna unpack here with you further. The first thing is I noticed you didn't ask the question, do you want to be in music next year on the video? The question, it seems like, is it band, orchestra or choir? It was so the elementary school teacher was playing this very assumptive close that you are going to be in music. Not would you like to, but which one? And so I did catch that. 100 percent. I was a victim of falling to round robin as a sixth grader. And I'm here to prevent that to ever happen to anybody else again. Yeah. But but I love the pro. I mean, the, the point and, and the video is wonderful and I think it's a great way to do it. But let's let's not lose the force through the trees here. It doesn't have to be that. The most important thing is that there is this proactive communication taking place between your elementary and your middle school teachers. And there's this handoff that takes place where you are endorsing their programs and they are inviting students from your program. And so there's this very clear handoff taking place. Absolutely. And it's, it's a relationship builder. And, and even though in a district as large as the one I'm in, for just to keep an email conversation going, I feel closer to them than any other teacher in the district. And even though we, I don't think we've been in the same building more than once, <laughs> but just keeping that conversation open, if I need this and they need that, oh, how's this student doing? It is, it's just nice to keep that avenue open via email. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, Barry and Marsha, I mean, what other great information can a middle school teacher kind of glean and get from an elementary school teacher through that partner? Uh, Barry, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that through that partnership? Well, I, I, I what Tyler does is just absolutely amazing. And uh, I, I, it makes me jealous that I don't deal with just the youngest students because that is so much fun. And to that point, I think it's so important that we re-identify the why that a child would want to join music. And we all have our own personal whys, every one of us on the screen. Uh, there was a reason that we became involved in music at our very youngest age. And I think we just have to re-identify that. I don't think we have to reinvent it for the upcoming students or the ones that we've missed, but I think we do need to focus in on making it a, a passionate thing that they choose to do. Yeah, Tyler kind of, he kind of railroads them in. He didn't talk about any other, other things. He's just talking about music. But yeah, you what can other see within, within his voice and the intro and then the students' voices that uh, that passion is so high. And I think that it just breeds further success with other students. Uh, I, I always say my kids come to our program in bunches. They're like grapes. Uh, they don't come one at a two at a time. They come in whole big bunches. And uh, you have to, you know, again, ask yourself, why is that happening? What is the program or another program, if you're jealous of another program, so to speak, what are they providing in the why category that's attracting so many students? But music is essential. And, I, you know, that's not what today is about. You don't have to work hard to find this why, this passion, this reason to be in music. I'm not sure I exactly answered your question, Nick, but I just had to say that. Well, thanks, Barry. Marsha, what do you think? Well, well, here's what I like to capitalize on, and that's the fact that young kids like to be, uh, they want to grow up and be like the older kids. You know, I've, I always see that. Uh, you see that sixth graders want to be eighth graders, and ninth graders want to be 12th graders, and all that kind of thing. So why not show them? Um, a music student who is loving what they're doing and uh, and then let them 
try to emulate that, right? I mean, that's the whole point. So I know, uh, Tyler, if you I, I, if you have that one little clip where you have some of the older students who've already left his school and now they're at Del Webb and they're already involved in, in music, could you just play a couple of those for us as an example? Our new recruits, but let's hear from some of our seasoned veterans from the Del Webb music programs. Hey guys, congratulations on choosing choir. I love singing and music in general, so my favorite thing about choir is being able to improve my singing and build upon my skills. I've learned one thing over my three years in this program, it's that orchestra is about more than just music, it's about family. You will make connections and friendships that you never thought you would. Hi incoming sixth graders, I just wanted to congratulate you for picking choir as your elective. It's so fun, you make so many new friends through the choir program, and plus, Ms. Lowry is like the best teacher. Can't stand. You won't regret it. Alright, peace! So, so here's the thing. All right. So if you're like a, a kid going to a, right to a middle school and you're, you know, I mean, you see those kids like that, you want to be like those kids. So um, I'm all for getting um, student. Um, what do I want? What, what do you call these? Like uh, testimonials, right? The testimonials. Yeah. Yeah. And even parent testimonials because it just provides a model down the road. And I've always said this, I think that the younger the kids are, if high school orchestra and band and choral programs started forgot forget recruiting middle school recruit elementary kids they'll remember it because it's so impactful and so i just can you imagine taking a high school band to an elementary school like tyler's say back back in school right and your band is playing away and before the last piece which is a march you turn around and you look at the whole elementary school audience and you say who would like to conduct a band well how many hands do you think are going to go up well, in elementary, it's like every single one. So you pick some kid. Yeah, it's a kid that comes over. He gets a baton. It's a march. So all he has to do is jump and start and it goes, right? And so here he is. Well, every single kid watching that kid wants to be him. Well, there's nothing wrong with that at all. So this is my thing is that try, when you think recruiting, think the younger kids, think elementary. You know, don't think I have to go to the middle school because I'm a high school person. You, we all need to go to, to elementary because they have to go through middle school to get to high school, obviously, right? So I am all in favor of that. And, it's, and I'm all in favor of having principals work together. For example, should the high school principal do a little video with the middle school principal and the elementary school principal to talk about how great the music program is and kids need to continue? There are so many reasons why that should happen. It's way more than keeping your program lively it it builds kids and makes them better people and makes the world a better place so in the end there's so many things to be said about the value of music and when when parents hear that from leaders like principals all three of them aligned it's very impactful yeah but i definitely think it's such a valuable resource is that that relationship with the elementary school teacher and and i think when you when you remove everything and tyler you know i kind of look to you as the example i mean when you remove the fact that that yes barry teaches kids on oboes and drumline and and you teach them on you know buckets and and you know the recorders and the orf instruments and everything but i mean i mean tyler you marched in a college band and, and being in a high school and a college band was a huge part of your life. And you always have that piece of you. And so when you remove the, what you teach is a little bit different and get down to the fundamentals, there's still this passion for music and want to see the kids continue to participate in that. And ultimately that passion very much can begin in the elementary school classroom. Absolutely. I feel like the people who sign up for this job want to cast the widest net 
and catch the most amount of fish possible. <laughs> uh, yeah. The idea that, you know, I, I don't just want the professional. I want the hobbyist. I want the student that's never seen a drum before. There's, there's this thrilling feeling, and I, I wish everyone could feel it. If you have a fifth grader transfer into your program and they walk into the music room for the first time and they go, my last school didn't have music. And the look of like just absolute candy store on their face, could just, it just melts my heart of like, I took this job because I get to introduce music to you. And that's what just, oh, my hair standing up on its ends thinking about that scenario. That's so great. That's one great. day we'll see if I go older, but for now I wanna, I wanna grab all, I just wanna get everybody in the music room together. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I mean, what a great recruiting resource is, you know, a middle school director can call Tyler and say, Tyler, I mean, tell, tell me the kids who are really just living and breathing and engaging with this stuff. Cause I want all of the kids, but there's, it, but if you've got, you know, 30 that they just live for this stuff, I want to be sure that they're, they're working their way into my program. And if they're not, I'm picking up the phone and calling mom and dad or the counselor and saying, Hey man, Tyler tells me that little Johnny loves music and I don't see him in band and we need to talk about why that is because I want him a part of our program. Absolutely. That's the absolute truth. You're listening to After Hours, conversations for music educators from February 9th, 2021, presented by Amro Music. When you purchase your classroom supplies, books, and accessories from Amro, you're joining over 500 schools in seven states who partner with us to bring the joy of music to thousands of young musicians. And you're also supporting this podcast. Our director services department can help you have your best year yet. Just email seth at amromusic.com or alan at amromusic.com. Now back to Nick Averwater and his conversation about kickstarting beginner recruiting for fall 2021. His guests include Tyler Swick, an elementary music educator in Las Vegas, Nevada, Marcia Neal, Senior Director of Education for Yamaha, and Barry Trobaugh, Director of Bands at Munford High School in Munford, Tennessee. Marcia, I want to talk a little bit about um, next fall, and, and we need to talk, you know, you and Barry, we need to talk about vertical alignment. You know, next fall, um, there's going to be, and we unpack this a little bit, but I think we need to go deeper. There's going to be a lot of students who should have been in music and didn't get that opportunity to do so. And, and to Barry's point, that conversation is going to require an incredible amount of vertical alignment because we're talking about changing things, not back to the way they were before and not the way they were this year, but another level of change. What are some of the key things that we need to be doing right now to ensure that we're able to incorporate that change into the program? And how do we need to be approaching that conversation with our principals at this time? Well, I'll start uh, with that. Um, This is a real opportunity, I think, to create the program you've always wanted, but for some reason, you just couldn't change anything because it's sort of set in stone, right? Well, it's not in stone now. And so this is a cool thing. Um, Maybe you've never had the luxury of having students in separate groups like winds, brass and percussion or whatever. Maybe this is a good time to do that. And then you just sign up, just have a massive school-wide thing and say, we're going to have this year a beginning brass and percussion, a beginning this, this, this. And, and any kid in any grade can sign up as a beginner this particular year. Doesn't really matter. And, and, it, and the, for me, 
I, I mean, this year is going, this coming year has got to be really more about keeping kids engaged in music. And I'm not so worried about, am I going to do the Mozart Requiem this year, for example, right? Okay. It's not about that. I want as many kids in that choir or that band as I can possibly get. And it, and so that's the question you need to be asking yourself now is how can I re look at what I've done in the past and change it? And maybe forever, maybe not. Um, I know some band directors start all the, the kids on um, beginning instruments in the same class period. And there's a special place in heaven for those guys. Okay. Um, and I'm going to tell you what, that's really tough, but maybe you need to offer one more period of that this year to accommodate these kids who may have gotten away from us this particular year. And maybe you just have a seventh and eighth grade combined band, if you can do that, or, you know, maybe you have eighth grade band, seventh grade band, sixth grade band beginners two classes and then one of seventh grade who maybe didn't catch in in the window and and basically the six the two periods of sixth grade band and that seventh grade period are basically the same curriculum that you're going to teach as you would probably normally but it's just that all the seventh graders are in there together because i know at some middle schools you have to take classes by grade you know it's not always that way but that's how it is sometimes so and then um I don't know, I, I, this summer, I'm gonna tell you real quickly, one of the things I would do is go, and I talked to Nick a little bit about this, about going to the Parks and Recs department and doing like a little kickoff thing, maybe call it intro to band or something really fun and just offer, I mean, not, not even worry about teaching notes and rhythms and all that so much as, you know, things, the music that kids would know and just teach a little bit for them to be able to play a something that you recognize and that they would recognize and then just enjoy it so that when they come back to school or at the end of the time, you can say, you know, you can do this in school. So I'm just looking at every single possibility to grab kids and pull them in this year, because here's what I've heard from everybody. And Barry, you could probably speak right to this. We in Clark County, we haven't had the opportunity to go back to school full time yet or even in hybrid. It's coming. But so we have all kinds of mixtures of things going on. But for those people who've been lucky enough to go back, what I've heard is that when kids show up for that first rehearsal, it's just tears and the being together of it all is just overwhelming after being apart for so long. And, and so I, I am just all about, let's grab as many kids as we can and throw our arms around them, give them big old hugs and get them in the program because they need each other and, and they need music. So again, uh, I, I would not be so freaked out about the curriculum this year as I am just getting the kids in the, in the, butts and seats, as they say, right? So we can affect as many children as we possibly can to help them because it's going to be tough. Yeah, I think that's such a great point, too. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of educators who won't say that they have IOUs, but I think a, a lot of administrators just simply said, hey, we can't do band this year. We're going to double up next year. And it's probably important that we just gently and very carefully remind uh, that there is a group we probably should not assume that we remember all of the details regarding all of the decisions that were made in June and July of last year um, and, and just gently take the opportunity to say, hey, you remember we did talk about that and let's talk about how, how we can in, uh, incorporate that into our program. Um, and, and it's always a good idea to have some uh, a concept or two about yeah. how it might happen so that we're not plopping a problem in the principal's lap. You know, Absolutely. because they've got tons of them, right? I mean, we want to be problem solvers. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 
good thing. Yeah. Barry, what other thoughts do you have on this? Because I hear you say the word uh, vertical alignment, and why don't you bring some clarity to exactly what that phrase means in, in terms of the band room and how we can incorporate it to this conversation? Well, I'll tell you, Nick, I, I, sh I, I should just be a viewer and not a panelist today because I'm so enjoying Tyler and Marsha's absolute illustration of the passion and the understanding of how we have been COVID may be the best thing to have happened to us in the big picture because we know now beyond a shadow of a doubt how much the social and emotional well-being of a child can be uh, aided and supported through music. So, uh, you know, our creative juices, this is our party, okay? If we're creative, you've come to the right party and just go crazy. Uh, to your question, Nick, uh, you know, if you break down the educational system at any school at any level, middle school, uh, elementary, high school, college for that matter. It falls into really four, four categories of will, if you will, on the vertical alignment. You have your leadership, you have management, you have implementation, and you have overall outcome. And when I speak of vertical alignment, it, it, it doesn't change. However, the more vertical that things travel, the more efficiently they travel, the quicker they travel, uh, the more effectively they travel. And so when, when I speak to teachers about being, uh, thinking about the vertical alignment of their school and especially their leadership team, if your leadership team has to wander off course to pick you and your group up and then get you back to that inevitable outcome at the end, we've wasted energy. That's why I'm just such a proponent of, as we've said here, I'm just going to repeat, but we need to be in positive conversations, not, not bringing problems necessarily. In fact, I, I honestly, at this point, I'm going to tell you, I think it's not a good idea to bring a new problem to your school leadership team or your counseling team. I think it's time to bring resolve and bring answers. They, they've heard enough problems, but um, it, it is time now that we are just involved as a team member, as a stakeholder with all of the people that, impact the students that we also get the pleasure of teaching. And we're all in this together and we can scream and I certainly have, everybody's tired of hearing me um, about the things that I cannot do. None of that is new. So let's, let's build synergy, if you will, and let's get this thing done for the best interest of the children, whether, whether like Tyler saying, and like my beginners, we missed uh, about 40% numerically of our beginners, and we're developing plans how we're going to go back and, I guess, in essence, re-recruit those seventh graders that would be beginners. That's very important. Those are great conversations, not, 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 uh, definitely not soliloquies and they're not really dialogues they're conversations for your entire leadership team on how music how you Tyler how you can bring some stability to your school through the things that you're so gifted at in music and um so when again Nick I, I probably get a little bit on the administrative side but I'm I'm very much into efficiency and the more vertical we can keep things and the more team oriented we do things in this process, the better the outcome is going to be, the smoother it's going to be. And you're going to build friendships and, and alliances with people, not only in your building, but in your district and, and even further out that you never thought you would do. Uh, so I just, I, I so encourage uh, even the most apprehensive or reluctant educator 
to um, just sit down with their principal to start with or their counselor. I, you know, I, I do want to add one thing about the counselor. I, in many schools, ours specifically, that one counselor ends up being your voice to those incoming recruits. And so if you can team up with him or her in person or for sure with your vernacular, it's going to go a lot better. But it, it's for me, it's just about the, the team. We, we've got to understand our roles in the team and maximize our efforts and then make it as near vertical as we can between the, the leadership decisions all the way to the student outcome. You know, and as you're speaking, one of the things that, that I kind of tripped in my brain was I wonder if directors asked principals if it would be okay for their current band parents to start phoning the kids who, from the previous year, who maybe didn't sign up, to, to call parent to parent, and just talk to. They say, "I know we're, you know, school's going to be coming back." And I just wanted to talk to you about the possibility of having Johnny join the band program because it's a great place. And then on and on and on. I, you know, I and when parents talk to parents, there's so much of a um, stuff that they there's does that's not in the way because you know they get it. When it's an administrator talking to a parent, you know. Yeah, well, he's the administrator or it's the director, but parent to parent is a very direct route. And so I wonder if that might not, it's a lot of work. You could put together a group of parents to kind of do this, but I think it also helps engage parents in the process. And I think they need to also understand that, it, you know, they have, I don't want to say have some responsibility, but that they could have some impact as well. And in terms of, and for that also, um, Tyler, when you showed that video of those students who are already in the program, when if you were to ask your students who are already in the program to give a little chat about that, okay, that, that is like a retention activity because they really love that. You know, they want to speak up for the program. So in doing so, that helps that student say, okay, I I have a place and, and I have a reason. So don't think of that just as a chore that you're asking somebody to do at all. I mean, they really want to help. So, yeah. Yeah, those students certainly feel like an ambassador to the program. Don't they're they trusted. They're trusted they totally do. to represent the whole school and talk yeah. to another group. I mean, yeah, it's a big, it's really it's a big, a big role. Thing. And oftentimes yeah. it's their first time to ever be a stakeholder in anything. And one other quick thing that you might want to ask the uh, principal is if uh, all of them have what's called a reverse calling kind of thing, you know, like if they need to get all the parents of the school real quickly for an emergency or some reason. I know one school in Ohio actually did robocalls to all of the parents about joining the program, which I thought was great. So, you know, parent pick up the phone, hi, this is principal so-and-so at the school. And we just wanted to let you know, we're starting our band program and uh, you know, which I mean, what a great idea. So you can kick out any message you want and, and just record it into a phone. It takes what, a minute and boom, it goes to every single parent in the building. So, I mean, there are lots of ways to talk to parents. Yeah, it's a great point, Marsha. And I think you touched on something that, that kind of sparked uh, Something in my mind is that, you know, this year recruiting is going to be different because you're recruiting students that could potentially, like in Barry's instance, you've got 40 percent of the kids that did not get access to music because they were digitally enrolled, 60 percent that did within the same grade level. Traditionally, when we recruit, it's the grade beneath. But this is the first year that you could find yourself recruiting within inner grade. And so it should be very easy. I mean, everybody should be, you know, one degree away from one of your band students. Hey, who knows little Johnny? Oh, he sits at my lunch table. Great. You're responsible for recruiting okay. Johnny to the band. Who knows Susie? Oh, she's on my basketball team at church. Great. You bring Susie to the band. 
for the first time, we can use their friends in the grade to bring them into our band program. So we have just a few minutes left. Marcia, I, I want to come back. I want to talk about the post-pandemic planning guide. So I've seen a couple of these emails that have gone out. And in fact, all three of you, Barry, Tyler, and Marcia, represent the educational writers who are helping to contribute to this post-pandemic planning guide. So Marcia, can you just give us a little elevator pitch on what exactly it is? And if somebody is not familiar with it, where they can find some of this material. Right, and please hop in, the rest of you, as we go. Um, but we thought it might be um, kind of a, a little workout routine to getting back, getting you know punched up, getting ready to go, getting that recruiting season going, and all that. Because we we know right now teachers are really focusing on what's in front of them today, and so we wanted to try and help think ahead for everybody a little bit down the road. And so we are offering, I think it's um, is it twelve or sixteen week. Uh, sequence of tips and all kinds of tips. Um, I'm just going to read a couple of them out. Some goals, creative ideas and tools, action items, checklists, uh, conversation starters, advocacy materials, talking points. Recruiting and retention ideas are huge. Uh, we just put up the five uh, smart approaches for retaining beginners. I mean, that's pretty specific stuff. I mean, for, to keep on to the kids you got. Um, resource Roundup at the very end, it's always like, here's something else. If you have some time, take a look at this, reminders. Um, and it's really awesome content to help plan and get rolling on the recruitment for kids for the fall and retention of the students who you have. Um, we have put out three of them and I'm very proud of all three. And they're being distributed by so many, re so many resources. It's wonderful. People have signed up to do this. A lot of, of our dealers are, are sending them out. I know Amro's putting them out. Yamaha's putting them out. They actually live on the Yamaha page. I'm going to actually give you their um, web address if I can right now. I don't know. Maybe somebody can punch it into the chat. But it's um, YamahaEducatorSuite.com forward slash post hyphen pandemic hyphen planning hyphen guide pretty easy perfect i think um, dave just posted it up thanks dave we appreciate you doing that thank you and then you can actually as an educator sign up to receive this directly into your email which is great because then it comes right to you and that's a lot of shorter but if you miss the first few the first three you can go to the yamaha site to get them and um the, the easier one is to go to msfq.org that's msf org forward slash guide msfq stands for more to start fewer to quit so <laughs> we thought we would put that up so in there and so there are lots of tips for recruiting and retention then that goes uh, all year long and they're they are definitely time specific uh so that they pop out just when you need to have them but it's everything like like i said from you know discussions that you want to have with principals and, and counselors like we've talked about and lots of tactical stuff so that you can start thinking in those terms as well yeah if and i so, could jump in for a second yeah. i'm sorry nate go ahead no no go ahead barry i um and and I, i'm sitting here looking at two las vegas natives when i say this so I, you're gonna throw <laughs> stones at me but i love to play poker i've always said that i was a poker player because i love people and i love studying people and uh in my discussions over the last almost year now um 
I find that most directors, almost everyone, I, I would love to say everyone, but there's bound to be an exception. They're either overwhelmed with the possibility of the different things that they can, should, might do, or they're overwhelmed with, oh my God, where do I get started? And as Marcia has so well said, I, uh, when we all met the first time, our passion was to put together uh, a set of tools that was easily used and easily sifted through, so to speak, so you could find exactly what might help you to make the next decision forward or even kickstart you to get going. So I, I just, I'm, I'm so proud to be a very small part of this little team that that has been put together to try to help everybody. But, you know, if you're out there and you're just overwhelmed with, there's just so many things I don't know what to choose. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, just stay tuned. Look at this, look at some other things. And if you're so overwhelmed that you just can't seem to put the next foot forward to move forward with dealing with your kids and recruiting your kids, please consult uh, at least this Yamaha offering because it does include a lot of tools that every one of us can use. I'm I'm 40 years into this and I'm going to use some of these tools, so I'm not immune to it. So uh, it's I think that it will be very helpful to everybody, and I just can't tell you how we want to ease your burden to make sure that you take care of the children that you serve. And I'm That's so great. grateful to the industry for you know helping with getting this out to people because I think it's really helpful information. Yeah. Yeah. Well and and thank you to all three of you. I mean y'all are the education writers behind this and and uh you know I think the goal is wonderful in that we're trying to align you know a timeliness component with an action item. So it's not hey here's you need to be recruiting right now. It's hey here's three things you can do to recruit if you're digital and three things if you're in person and here's all the resources that you need. So I, I thank all of you for doing that. And I do have to tell you that this project would not be happening if it wasn't for the behind the scenes efforts of, of Lisa Steele McDonald and the incredible team at Yamaha. Um, they are hosting all of this content. They're writing the HTML code and they're sharing it with industry partners um, so that it can be as widely distributed as possible. And in many instances, Yamaha is, is willing to let somebody else take the credit. Uh, by distributing it that final mile, whether it's the local school dealer or somebody else in the industry or a local MEA or whoever it is that's getting this content and sharing this with their educators. So this project is very, very much a, a team effort. And we really appreciate uh, everything that the Yamaha team is doing behind the scenes to make the technical component of it um, come together. So we extend our appreciation to those incredible uh, group of people and to Lisa. So thank you all for that. So on that note, gang, we have about 10 more minutes. And one of my favorite questions to always ask is if you just have any closing thoughts or final advice that you would like to share uh, with our listeners. And Tyler, I want to kick off with you because I want to ask some of your advice about videos. Uh, you've kind of become this video guru. You've got this incredible YouTube channel. And I think right now a lot of educators, to Barry's point, are feeling this sense of uh, you're either comfortable with videos or you feel completely overwhelmed with videos, what advice do you have for educators who might feel a need to incorporate videos, but they're thinking this is above me. I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, absolutely. If you're overwhelmed by just the concept of making a video, my, my greatest secret is to make a slideshow and export it as a video. So everyone understands slides, right? We've been doing PowerPoints for a long time, but uh, Google slides is free with a Gmail account. You know, if, whether your school has Gmail or you have a personal Gmail, but 
there's pictures, right? Your, your social media, there's pictures of you performing. Somewhere on the internet, there's a video a mom took of your performance a couple of years ago. All of these artifacts are on the internet. We just need to collect them, put them in one spot just to give the outsider what is going on a perspective of what's going on with your program. And so the artifacts exist, right? If a camera came to your performance, there's some sort of picture or video somewhere. And I would just find as many artifacts of what you've done before, put it in a nice slideshow and then show that to students, show that to incoming students, incoming parents, and just let that be your video. If you're more comfortable with creating videos, and sure, edit together some testimonials, throw in some fun theme music in the background. It could be a, a great show, but we just need something that says, this is who we are, and this is why you want to be on our team. Love that idea. And you can, it would be so easy to just simply run a slideshow in, in a Zoom room by yourself, and uh, do a screen share and just hit the record button. So there's your slideshow and in the corner is you and you're sitting there talking through the slideshow and getting them all saved, uh, getting them all fired up. And at the end, you close your Zoom room and you click save and, and there's your video right there. Upload it to YouTube and you've got your recruiting video. So really you can put all the commentary you want <laughs> with all the commentary you want. So some really easy <laughs> ways if you find yourself like, hey, I feel like I need to recruit digitally. I don't know how. I love that workaround idea. Simply do a slideshow and, and do some sort of voiceover, some easy ways about it. Love it. Thanks, Tyler. Marsha, what closing thoughts or final suggestions do you have at this time? Well, I think it's really important to remember how impactful we are and, and not to get so overburdened that we're just like all about, oh, I can't stand another day. It's been hard. I know that. But everything that you do, everything that any teacher does for students, whether music or otherwise, is really making a difference on them. And they need us right now so badly. So hang in there because it's going to get better on the other side. And we will all be better for this. I agree. I agree with Barry. Barry said, you know, this is um, this is the opportunity that probably has been long overdue to make some changes. It's just, you know, you know how we music people are. We find a way and then we don't want to change a thing. But right. But now something that came into the, you know, bottles in the spokes and we have to relook how we do things. And in fact, I'm going to tell you that a lot of our teachers in Clark County have said that it's, things have gotten better for them. I, I know that um, one of our choir teachers has said that she has depended so much on her student leadership and really asked them to become more engaged. And her choral program has gotten larger, unbelievably, wow. because it's the kids who are like running the program and, and working with the other kids in the program. It goes back to that concept of, you know, use your more experienced kids to to be the models for the kids who are coming up. So um, it, it's not all bad news. You know, there's good news too. So just hang in there and, and you'll be fine. And my, I put my email address in there. So if you're really sad one day, send me a note and we'll get together. Thanks, Marsha. Barry, how about you? You know, I'm just going to challenge everybody. I have no idea what the viewership is going right now, but probably the, the ones that are listening to us probably have this well under control. I think the storm itself is over and we're just in the in the cleanup, if you will. We've got to figure out how to come out of the damage. But I, I would like to challenge everybody to reach out to their colleagues nearby for, I don't care, reach out to somebody 
and do a welfare check on them and their program. And uh, if they, in fact, are overwhelmed at any level for anything, uh, steer them in a direction, this, this Yamaha project, whatever, it doesn't matter, but steer them towards some resources that can accentuate what they're trying to do, but also calm their nerves. I, I think that collectively, we day-to-day -day educators are, I, I'm, I'm gonna speak for myself, I'm becoming more and more and more fatigued at having to pull the rabbit out of my hat on a daily basis. I've still got a lot of rabbits to go, okay? But uh, it, it is, it's tiring. And I think uh, as Marcia said, you know, if you're having a bad day, give me a call, cuss and rant, rave or whatever it is that you do. Uh, we'll work through this together because uh, we're gonna get through it. And I, I think that we're all important to one another. So please, everybody, just reach out to one person, reach out to 100, reach out to one person and, and just check on them, make sure everything's going well and uh, wish them well and make their day positive. Yeah, I Can I add one more quick thing? Then this goes back to the principal meeting. When you, when you go in and talk to your principal, maybe you could offer to your principal, what can I do to help kick the school year off? Can I uh, do a, uh, maybe a, a drumming circle or something with the faculty to get everybody kind of on the same place? You know, that first uh, end service that you have that's always so boring and all that, you know, kick it off with that. And then, uh, or have your students lined up on the front entrance to the school doing a little drum line thing. It, it would be so exciting when kids are coming back to school for that to be the first thing that they see. And, I mean, and it really helps you, again, place your program as part of the central part of what happens at your building. That's right. When we return to normal, whatever the new normal looks like, it's going to be a celebration. And who else should be leading that party than the band and the orchestra and music? I mean, who else should be leading that party than yep. music? So absolutely love it. Well, Barry, Marsha, Tyler, uh, thank you all for everything that you've done. Thanks for coming back on After Hours. Thanks you for contributing through this post-pandemic planning guide, for sharing your thoughts. What great advice. And again, for everybody listening from home, as a reminder, this is just part one of a two-part conversation. Tonight is everything about what to do before we actually do our recruiting drive. Our next conversation on recruiting is going to be on March 9th, and we're actually going to be talking about what to do during your recruiting drive. We're going to have some educators come on who had one of their most successful recruiting periods ever last fall during COVID. And they're going to share with us exactly what they did and what we can learn to prepare for next fall. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation. So from everybody joining us from home, thanks so much for being a part of tonight's conversation. Tyler, Marsha, Barry, it's so good to see you. Everyone have a wonderful night. Stay safe, wear a mask, and we will see you soon for our next After Hours. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to After Hours, conversations for music educators presented by Amro Music. This podcast features conversations with music educators who are finding innovative ways to teach their students. You can hear and see more conversations at amromusic.com slash after hours. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, here are two easy and fast ways you can support the After Hours show. First, your five-star review means a lot as it helps to boost us in the podcast rankings so that other music educators just like you can find us. Second, if you thought of someone that would enjoy this week's content and episode, hey, please share it with them so that they too can be a part of the After Hours community. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.